0: Back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post, Sunday, the 4th of October. I hope it was a winning day yesterday. We've got plenty to discuss. Of course, we're going to have a lot to discuss over the next month or so as we see these ripping meetings in Sydney and Melbourne. You know, every week is going to get bigger and better. Nathan Exelby, uh, dialling in from a secret location, whereabouts unknown. Good morning, how are you?
2: Yeah, nice and relaxed, thanks, David. Good morning to you and uh, and listeners. Yeah, I just uh,
1: with you back on deck, David, I couldn't stay away for the Sunday show, so I had to dial in. Good to hear. Let's hope I see you in person next week. Well, you've, you're in a relaxed state of mind. You've been able to review all of the action yesterday. I suppose the first thing I'd ask you, what was your highlight of racing yesterday?
2: Um... There was, there's quite a few to go through. We're on a local point of view, the Horovian just continues to be a wonderful story, doesn't he, David? Um, extending that winning streak in the city for the first time, so uh, certainly that was exciting. And then just, uh, just the thrilling races down south. I think the the premiere in Sydney has thrown a whole new light on the Everest, and um, saw a couple of pretty exciting two-year-olds as
1: well. So there was uh, if you couldn't be satisfied yesterday, you're a hard marker. And of course, Chris Waller trifectoring the Turnbull, the group one at Flemington with very elegant winning going to the Caulfield Cup at a fortnight's time. You're right about the Everest. We'll talk more about this later in the program. As I said, there's a lot to get through, but I was just starting to think it got to a point where, you know, we were starting to fill up the field rather than inject some life into the field. But Libertini, I think, threw that, that theory right on its head because not only did she win, but again, she delivered one of those... Uh, smashing sub 1 8 runs, uh, which she's done before, and she's thrown herself right into the Everest calculations now. Who'll get her? There's only two slots left. Uh, we'll be the highest bidder, I'd imagine, but we'll talk about that later. Of course, it was a traditional big meeting at, uh, at Randwick yesterday. We're going to uh, discuss the, the big uh, group ones, the three group ones, the Epsom, of course, as well as the Flight Stakes and the Metropolitan. Then we'll concentrate on Flemington where the Turnbull spearheaded the Cardinals. Nathan said it was Lexus spring cup day at Eagle Farm yesterday and the Horovian won that race. And he defied a betting drift too. Uh, The the money came for Desert Lord, not unsurprisingly, but as the money came for Desert Lord, the Horovian drifted in the market. And uh, often when we see that, it's normally not a winning result. But uh, the Horovian defied the betting drift and was very gritty in the drive to the line to score. So that's all coming up in the next hour or so. So thanks for your company this morning. Let's go to our first replay, and we'll go to the Epsom, the Tab Epsom, uh, a traditional uh, wide betting race, a handicap race, a big field, and the favourite was Star of the Seas at $5
3: at big odds, over leads at the 500 metres by two lengths on Riadini and Funstar then came Mr Seawolf, Yulong Prince on the inside of Probabil coming into it, further back then to uh, down the outside as well Planet and Brandenburg gets cracking as well, Funstar and Probabil they take the front of the 250 from Riadini, it's Probabil Funstar, Riadini Yulong Prince coming into the clear from looks like Elvis, Probabil takes the lead from her old sparring Partner Funstar and probably all of be Funstar star, third between riadini and Yulong Prince, then came Colette from Looks like Elvis, further back to Wild Planet Brandenburg, Star of the Seas, Mr Seawolf from Glenola, then came Rock from the candy Man imaging. Uh, well back in the field, then came Nick and Nova and the couldn't pick up
1: today. As Darren pointed out, Darren Flindell, they were sparring partners as three-year-olds and Probabil and Funstar again fought out a Group 1 feature. The Epsom yesterday with Probabil having the wood on Funstar. Karen McAvoy winning his first big mile at Royal Randwick and uh, she beat Funstar, I think, fairly and squarely with Riadini in third position. Fast times were the order of the day. We mentioned about Libertini Breaking 1 8 while well, the Epsom field, they ran 132.86, a spread home of 35.52. Nick Inova, a Queenslander, a surprising leader. He belted along in front, but probably racing handy and was too good, Nathan. Yeah, you well, know, a lot of speed mappers, David, had it as
2: perhaps a, a muddling run, Epsom, without huge speed, but that totally changed the ball going when. Over, very much against type, but led as far as he did. No no, no wonder he knocked up. Um, but I think it made it into a, a better contest, David, in terms of um, giving everyone their chance. And I, I agree with you that um, you know, Funstar had a chance. He got across from that wide gate without spending a whole lot of juice and probably all covered more ground in the run and um, was still too good. It's a remarkable um, jousting that they've done over the last 12 months, isn't it?
1: Certainly is um, good day for the uh, for Jamie Richards as well because I think Melody Bell won across the ditch and of course probably coming up Trumps in the Epsom. She now has won eight from eighteen. Connections are now in the uh, enviable position. What path do they head to? Do they go to the Cox Plate in a fortnight's time, or do they go to the Golden Eagle in three weeks' time? Where would you head?
2: Yeah, I'd think she'd be close to favourite for the Golden Eagle, but. I guess that the Cox Plate's got this magnetism in terms of uh, you know the prestige that goes with it and there's certainly no horses on the local front. I don't think David, I know Russian Camelot's favourite but there's no horses you'd be running scared of in a Cox Plate this year. Um, it's an interesting story, Brennan Lindsay. He, he bought Cambridge Stud three years ago from Sir Patrick Hogan. They had awful luck last year. Of course Roaring Lion came out and uh, he died and then they lost their flagship stallion, Tavistock, in December last year. So it's nice to see this mare sort of turning things around for them because it's a stud with such a famous name. Um, so, yeah, I understand them going to the Cox Plate, David. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'd probably go to the Golden Eagle because I think it's an easy race to win. The market tells us that. She's $21 in the Cox Plate Probabil at this stage, and she's $9.00 co-third favourite in the Golden Eagle with Funstar and I suppose wherever go, wherever a probability goes Funstar isn't going to be either far behind her or alongside of her or maybe in front of her they've shown that time and time again
2: and it's worth noting that the Golden Eagle winner came out of the Epsom last year You know, the, the horses that went through the Everest or the sprint path failed in that Golden Eagle last year and the the, the Epsom winner who had a trial in between he was uh, able to just bounce off that colding and, and be it was a superb, Golden Eagle, and wasn't it? He should have won by further. But so, the, the the blueprint is there to go through the Epsom into that race.
1: Queensland had a strong representation numbers wise, with with four runners, but uh, no cigar. In fact, they finished way down the track. Vanagirl fourteenth, the Candyman fifteenth, Nick and Nova, as we mentioned ran along in front of 60th, but the best of the Queenslanders, even though it's not trained in Queensland now, but Queensland, it looks like Elvis again ran a, a bottler, a fifth, a $61 chance, and ran out of his skin.
2: Yeah, he's gone enormous without luck down there, hasn't he, David? So that's at least some consolation for the, the home team. But I thought Vanagel was entitled to, to run on better yesterday, given the way the, the race set up um look she gave away a huge amount of starts so expecting her to win was a difficult one from back there but even so I thought I would have liked to see a finish closer maybe it is she's just looking for that more ground now and suggests it's the same with the candy man but yeah I guess would walk away from that race yesterday a touch disappointed thinking that those those horses were probably a little bit better than uh, what their performances yesterday showed.
1: It was a fast-run race, as we said, 132.86, and I think it's fair to say that that uh, every runner had their chance. The best horse won on the day, Probabil. Well, that was the Tab Epsom. Let's go to the, the Group 1 flight stakes for the three-year-old fillies. We mentioned Probabil and Funstar dueling. Well, this pair have been in a similar battle over recent weeks. Uh, Dame Giselle and Hungry Heart. But in the end, Hungry Heart ran the favourite of 190 over Dame Giselle at 280.
3: Vangelic swings in front of Miraval and Dame Giselle's in a pocket now. Hungry Heart with clear running is winding up right down the outside. Vangelic being challenged by a Hungry Heart and Montefilia on the scene looking to cause the upset. Hungry Heart in front by a half length to Montefilia. She's lifting Hungry Heart. Montefilia is stretching, lunging and got up to win it. Montefilia knocked off Hungry Heart. Vangelic third in the flight stakes. Then came Dame Giselle a touch unlucky. Further back to joviality and Miraval, and a long gap back to a light at her.
1: She's a filly by Kermadec, She was only having her sixth start yesterday for David Payne. Hugh Bowman had the ride, and again, like the Epsom, they ran strongly. It was a it was a solid tempo. In fact, they ran overall one thirty three oh four, so comparing quite favourably with the Epsom. The spread home was thirty five twenty seven, so they went hard early, and she really appreciated that monophilia. David Payne is a trainer. He's been kind enough to join us this morning on Past the Post. David, good morning. Good morning, David. How are you? I'm well, and thanks for your time this morning. Appreciate it. David, we often look at form guides. They don't tell us everything. And this is, this is so significant with this filly, Monophilia. You knew, just by her presence, her look, that she was going to be a better horse than what she was two weeks before. Yeah, no, definitely.
4: Definitely, you know when you train them and you're with them every day, you can see uh, the, you, you know, the improvement in them.
1: She ran, as we said, two weeks ago, and the, the run was 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 sound of the T Rose. It wasn't a disappointing run, but yesterday a, a lot a lot sharper. And, and as I said before, that strong speed early, you would have been happy in the run watching the race.
4: Yeah, know definitely. You know, once the pace was on, we we knew that she she was going to be strong at the finish. But, you know, when she ran the other day, uh, the t- t- two weeks ago, she, she had a little lead up in the paddock and brought her back in. And, and we knew there was a couple of lengths up her sleeve, you know, the, in, in, in the flat stakes.
1: As I said, she's only lightly raced. It was her sixth assignment yesterday. I noticed when she won on debut, you gave her two runs in the autumn. She won on debut. She was a $51 chance. Uh, why was she such a long price at her first start?
4: Well, we you know we took her up there because we hadn't done much with her, and I, we we thought she'd run well, but uh, she 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 did surprise us at, that that day winning the race, and then we gave her a run in the uh, T L Value, which is a listed race, and uh, she, she ran fourth. and, you know, Glenn Boss rode her, and he just said, "Look, she's a very smart filly. She she could be an Oaks filly." So that's when we tipped her out and you know, let, let let her mature a bit.
1: Yeah, and again, we often say this from their first campaign or their first prep to their second prep. As a trainer, you look for improvement, whether it's mental improvement or physical improvement. And did you see that with her between those two runs of the autumn and this time around?
4: Yeah, look, uh, David. As a as a yearling, when we bought her, we 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 knew that you know she she was a stamina filly, mm. and. They get better with age, you know you you could see she was going to improve uh, with with calm and uh, and 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 I think she's still going to improve a little bit more.
1: What about with the background tour purchase price was she expensive or was she was a cheap one uh,
4: she cost one one thirty thousand dollars magic millions radio she's cheap now <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah now, you've you've, you've, yeah. you've got a group one on the board now you 've got a very important decision to make, as everyone knows because the spring champion. Stakes, a million-dollar race uh, is the big feature next Saturday at Royal Randwick. Will you've had time to let the dust settle after last night? And you've seen her this morning. What's your thought this morning? Yeah, will, you, she, will you proceed there? Well, she
4: at this stage, yes, yeah, she's pulled up well. She ate up her her feed last night, uh, so we'll just see how she is tomorrow morning and in the you know decide in the mid midweek.
1: It's a uh, it's. Almost an irresistible choice when you've got a, a horse that's healthy and in form, and you've got a big race there. It, it, it's hard to go past, isn't
4: it? Yeah, no, de- definitely. But at the end of the day, she'll she'll tell us if if she's ready. Uh, you know, I, I would never go and try and run her an if I'm not
1: sure.
4: Mm. I'd you know, I'd rather miss it and 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 go for the Oaks.
1: Yeah, and uh, and just speaking of the Oaks, so yesterday was the mile. We extend out possibly, possibly to two thousand metres next Saturday. But you have no doubt she'll be a, an Oaks quality filly, a, a no drama with that distance.
4: Oh no, definitely. If you look at a female line, she's out of a, her her grand dam is uh, is a Monsun mare. So you know you have got a lot of stamina there. They've already won a couple of Melbourne Cups, so there's definitely stamina. And you feel once we step her up, she's you're going to see a much better
1: filly. Congratulations on yesterday. Group one very special and she's she's only lightly raised. She's untapped, but she's got the group one on the board and if she goes ahead next week, uh, fingers crossed for another good result. Thanks for your time this morning, David. Pleasure, David, thanks for having me. Cheers. David Payne joining us this morning from Sydney, talking about Montefilia. And uh, Nathan, it's an important point to to address again that, you know, we're all guilty of it sometimes. We look at Form uh, we look at videos, but but it's the actual animal itself sometimes that can tell the trainer, you know, um, where they're sitting at. And obviously, she presented to, to to David a lot better yesterday, and that was clearly indicated by the run.
2: Yeah, and I think the times are very interesting here, David. Her time is very comparable to the to the Epsoms that she's come home. The, the race fields come home slightly quicker, so. For a 3 old filly with the 56 to be running comparable times to a hard-run Epsomile, I think that points to it being a really good form race, that flight stakes yesterday. And, uh, interesting, the Oaks, David, um, we saw David Payne do that with Ace High a few years ago. He won the Spring Champion and then waited, did not run the horse again until the Victoria Derby, which he was good enough to, to win. So. I'd say she's uh, way above average and um, she sets a pretty good benchmark for the boys next week.
1: Hungry heart, a frustrating second. Second in the furious, second in the T-Rose, second again yesterday. She tried her heart out but, but probably beaten by a better horse on the day. Dame Giselle had some traffic problems in the early part of the straight but watching the race again, uh, I doubt that was uh, uh, any reason for uh, a defeat. You couldn't call her unlucky. She didn't. Once she got clear, she, she battled away without pigging to the line.
2: Yeah, I mean, they had to go to the flight with that, you know, the historical element of trying to make the clean sweep, but I don't think you'll see her at the at the mile again, not for quite some time. But um, the flight's a special race to David Payne, uh, David, because it's the first Group 1 he, he, he won after relocating to Australia back in 2003 with Unearthly, so I'm sure it brought back some good memories for him yesterday.
1: He's had a fairly quiet time in recent weeks. So monophilia is certainly the... Uh the flag bearer for the stable. Let's go to the third of the group ones. This is the the Metrop capacity field of 18. And uh, despite the big field, Two was a firm favourite. He went off at $3.
3: As they straighten up now, Angela Truth in front of Girl Tuesday. Hush Rider's taking the gap between them. Then Brimham Rock staying on. Now Mugger 2 winds up on the outside, a length off the leaders. Angela Truth being challenged by Rider. Mugger 2 and Mirage Dancer's going through the centre. Mugger 2 moved up out wide. Mirage Dancer's going with him. Mugger 2 with his head in front for Mirage Dancer. He finishes best. Mirage Dancer has pipped out the favourite Mugger 2. Angela Truth third. Then came Rider followed by Zabrowski then Paths of glory girl Tuesday and Rondonella. further back to Brimham Rocks from Cariff Wu Gok Moustagir, Redder James of zero Miss sentimentalal from Norway Sir Charles Road and attention runner
1: yes, a son of Frankel seven years of age only his third run this time in and there wasn't unnoticed in the betting either thirteen dollars to ten those who back Mugger two. Wouldn't say they had the money spent, but it looked as though it was going to be a 2 victory. But Mirage Dancer drove late to get up for a by long head from Mugatu with Angel of Truth in third. Nathan, yeah,
2: and that's the Mirage Dancer we we thought we'd see after his slashing run first up in Australia in the Caulfield Cup last year. That's. Um, Uh, interesting to hear the story of him as to whether he's had troubles along the way but that run under 56 kilos in the Corfield Cup last year, he's certainly well placed in that race yesterday with slightly less weight.
1: Exactly right. Mugget too in the run watching watching the horse in the run, McAvoy gave it a perfect trip and deserved victory but was probably my better horse on the day
2: that's possible and it's amazing how often that, that penalty just sort of tells and I think the penalty he got there, that might have just told the difference in that last little bit when, when Mirage Dancer
1: was able to fight back and, and beat him. They were the three, three Group 1s, but there was a lot of interest in the the Premier stakes at Group 2 level, particularly from an Everest point of view. The big race comes up in a fortnight's time. Nature Strip was pretty cold on the market, went from red to black figures, 180 to 220. There was a good push for Classic Legend, $3 to 250. Let's have a listen to how it panned out.
3: So Nature Strip's taking control of the race now, by a length and a half to stand out. Classique Legend moving into a clear third, followed by Fisica and Libertini's right behind the grey at the 300, and Nature Strip being tackled by Classic Legend, and Libertini's creeping into it. Nature Strip's are gone now. Classique Legend and Libertini, they'll fight it out, and Libertini went past the grey. Libertini got a half length, now a length in front. What a great return to racing, Libertini. Off. After the Everest, someone will pick you up now. Classique, legend, second, photo, third, Deprive and Nature Strip. Good gap back to Fasek, a standout, Sonore Fox and Lord Van Costa.
1: There's two slots left in the Everest. Libertini will be securing one of them and uh, I'm sure Jerry Harvey in his inimitable style will be driving the best deal possible. Why wouldn't he? What a great position he and Anthony Cummings are in after her well, brilliant return. That's the only way to describe it. Sure, give it a good run, perfect trip off a hot speed and was able to present at the right time. But I think, Nathan, the fact that, again, she's broken that 1.8, she's done it on two occasions, shows that she can be a live chance in the big one in two weeks' time. Yeah,
2: obviously significant, David. That was her first time back onto a good track since she won those two 1,200-metre races at the beginning of last spring. Clearly, the, the best of them came first up last year when she ran that 1.79. Uh, but clearly she's a good tracker, and at last she does add some real new flavour to the to the Everest. As you say, it was a, uh, you felt like it was getting to a
1: situation where they were just making up the numbers a little mm. bit, but um, not now. Nathan, we'll just put the pause button on the premiere and, and discussion on the Everest. We were hoping to get uh, Natalie Young, of course, is in the training partnership with Barrage Dancer, and I think Natalie's on the line now, and you're going to have a chat with her.
2: Yeah, good morning, Natalie. Thanks for joining us.
5: Ah, oh, hi. How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Probably not as well as yourself. It was a great day for the stable yesterday. Mirage Downs are winning the Group 1 and then Sierra Sued scoring a spectacular win in the, the, the Blazer there at Flemington.
5: Yeah, you, you don't get better 20 minutes than that. I'll give you the tip. Um, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> exciting and... <laughs> um, we were actually we were watching Mirage and we were saddling up the two in the UCI um, Alberta and the press and we had the steward yelling at us and I thought it was because we were making so much noise and sort of hugging each other and it was because we had to get the horses in the mounting yard so <laughs> that was pretty funny it was a pretty full on 20 minutes
2: Tell us about Mirage Dancer. As I said earlier, He ran a slashing race in the Caulfield Cup last year. What's what's been the what's happened with him in the last twelve months to, to get him back to this this Group One level form?
5: Uh, look, it's always pretty known that these European horses, when they come out, they always they always get better that second preparation or second time round. And you know, it, it, it's a lot for them when they first come out with the flight and, and whatnot. Um, you know, he ran a cracking race when he in the course of the Cup when he ran third behind Murder Glace, um, and then we carried on to the Melbourne Cup and he didn't quite see the trip out um, at that stage and so we ended up tipping him out and bringing him back. But um, this preparation, we should have we started him up in the Heavily over the seventeen hundred and he went a cracking race. You know, he was back and they were, you know, his last six hundred was just you know a really really good split. And um, we just sort of thought, look, going into the Caulfield Cup, which was going to be his main aim, um, we thought we needed a couple more runs in him. And we, we, we tipped him out of the... We scratched him from the naturalism from the wide gate with 61 kilos. And then when Liam Pryor sort of brought to our attention that, you know, the, he'll get 55 and a half and the, the likes of um, the Metrop um, would be a great option. You know, he had, had raced in Sydney before and raced well and he'd backed up going from the tanker to the chairman's when he ran third. So we knew that would be on the cards, and he he liked that, you know, that leg. So um, just thought it was a really good option, and just with the the weight allowance of fifty five and a half, it's just what he needed. He was always running such consistent races, but carrying those big weights.
2: He's got fifty five and a half in the Caulfield Cup at this stage. Sorry, fifty five in the cups this year. So you get a little bit of weight relief. So, but I, I understand he probably can be re handicapped for that win yesterday.
5: Um, no, he'll carry, yeah, he'll carry 55. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, look, we have actually, actually the next dilemma will be finding a jockey for him. Um, you know, it's, it's Everest Day, so we're just trying to sort that at the moment. I think Nash is quite happy to try and stay on. I'm going into the cup if we carry on through to that, that path. Yep. Um, so that'll sort of be the next dilemma. But uh, look, he'll get home tomorrow and, uh, yeah, we'll just sort of tick him through till the 17th. You know, he's, he's raced well at Caulfield and he's um, just, you know just showing such good form at the moment and look nash just gave him a real really good peach for a ride yesterday and uh it's just fantastic to see him actually travel up on the bridle in the running and, and sit that little bit more forward so when he did have that good turn of foot that he does have um he was ready there to pounce so uh yeah it was, a, it was a pretty awesome win for the horse especially getting the Frankl's first group one win here in australia
2: yeah uh, tell us about Sierra Sue. She was tried out to the two thousand metres of the Oaks last prep. She won impressively twelve hundred first up, and then she was spectacular to the eye there yesterday at Flemington.
5: Yeah, she was. Um, I was just actually just watching the watching the Racing dot com crew before, and I was just looking at the sectionals. Because I think she had the fastest last two hundred of the day, and I think she ran the the six hundred and thirty two point two, which is uh, pretty phenomenal. <laughs> Um, look, she just she just really runs for Michael, you know. He's run three times on her now, and we thought we have got that wide gate. Let's just give her an economical run with that wind of a little bit of a factor down the back. But um, sort of, she's just got everything sort of opened up at the right time for her. And the advantage with her is she does she doesn't need momentum. She's just she's actually she can really pick up and just find that gap. She's she's really sharp. But you look at her physically, and she looks more like a sort of 1200 meter horse. She's big. She's she's you know she's got a big motor on her and um, she's just turning into such a really versatile horse um look she won well it was a good field day yesterday and yeah he gave her an absolute peach for a ride michael and um yeah it's just good to get that group two in for for those connections with you know aussie care and yeah. john, john o'neill and a few of them you know um yeah she's definitely um on the right path to getting a group one i hope in the future
2: I see she's in the nominations for the Golden Eagle. Would you switch her up to Sydney to have a crack at that or maybe just head towards the, the Empire Rose on, on Derby Day?
5: Uh, it's definitely in discussion at the moment. Um, look, we'll just make sure she pulls up well. I was in there this morning in the barn. She looked good and she ate up last night. Um, it's a $7.5 million race. like You've got to have a little bit of a think about it. You're going to have alligator blood. and uh, Look, it's probably going to shape up to be a pretty good race, obviously, but... She's actually won a trial in New Zealand, Sydney way around. So going on that leg is not a concern. Um, Just whether you want to tackle the prize money or or tackle a a group one here that's, you know, just down the road is is what we've got to sort of aim for discussion. Um, She is a mare earlier on that we've always thought does have that group one class about her. Um, So we'll just just have a bit of a discussion over the next week or so and, and see which path we take and see how she comes through, you know, it's, they're both three weeks apart. They're on the same day, so um, we'll just see. The only the only thing she didn't travel that great when she went to Adelaide, and that was probably a deciding factor, while she ran a bit fair on the oak. So we may take that into consideration and just yeah see how we go.
2: That was yesterday. Uh, now a big week coming up. You've got Tagaloa, your, your diamond winner, heading to the Corfield Guineas. He really put the riding on the wall against the older horses last time. What sort of shapes he in at the moment?
5: Uh, look, I thought that I thought his run had plenty of merit in it. He's only beaten a couple of lengths, and he really ran through the line. And he was just caught caught a little bit off the track with that draw, unfortunately. And he just couldn't pop in anywhere. So, um, but his sectionals were great. He's pulled up really well from that run. He's probably pulled up better this time from that run than he did in the McNeil without that first up run a touch. He's um, heaps fitter, and uh, he did a really nice piece of work on the grass yesterday morning. And um, look. Uh, Craig Williams is coming in to have a gallop on him on Tuesday and uh, get a bit of a feel for him and, and hopefully he'll be spot on for Saturday. But the Guinea's has always been his target. Um, so it's yeah, it's pretty it's pretty important that we have him in tip top shape for Saturday. But I can't fault him. He's bouncing around and he's looking great. He's just starting to get that really nice gloss to his coat, which he didn't have going into the Group One last start. So I think he's gonna definitely improve and He's probably gone a little bit forgotten with, you know, the, the three-year-olds are shaping up pretty good with Glenn Fittich, old Kirk and um, a few of those. But I think he, yeah, I think he'll come Saturday, yeah, he'll, be, he'll be ready to roll.
2: And one more I'll ask you about. I notice you've got an import in the Melbourne Cup, Skywood, who brings some pretty solid form lines. Uh, what's the situation with that horse at the moment?
5: Uh, he actually just arrived um, yesterday morning. So this time last year we were out there we were be getting, getting Mirage off, off the plane and this year it's Skyward. So, yeah, really excited about this horse. Look, he's come in absolutely brilliant condition. I think that he looks fantastic. Um, Ed Peat was looking after him in quarantine and giving us phenomenal ap- updates and videos and he had a piece of work last Wednesday before he come out. Um had plenty of fluids yesterday and yesterday afternoon he's just jumping around like he hadn't even had a flight. So I don't think I've seen a horse travel so well as he has so far. And he's um, just had a little bit of a canter this morning. So he's stretching out really nicely and he, he's a really nice horse going forward. It's just, we're, it'd be nice if we could sneak into the Caulfield Cup, but we're probably not going to get in. I think we're about 43rd on entry. Um, so we'll probably go that Geelong Cup path on the Wednesday instead. And, uh, and then into the Melbourne Cup with you know fifty two kilos, fifty two and a half kilos. Um, nice lightweight.
2: Absolutely. So, good day. Yesterday sounds like you've got a bit more to look forward to. Really appreciate your time this morning, Natalie, and thanks for
1: joining us.
5: Uh, no problem. Anytime.
1: This year's Nat Young, are discussing Mirage Dancer winning the Metrop yesterday, twenty six dollars in the Caulfield Cup. Going back to where we were, Nathan, with this premiere. We mentioned on radio yesterday morning the race would have an effect on the market and that's uh, happened in no uncertain manner in a number of ways. Classic legend. Now, whilst Libertini would have earned admirers, a classic legend lost no admirers simply because he was out there three wide facing the breeze in a frantic, well, say a frantic speed. They've broken one eight, and uh, he's been overhauled by a horse who had cover and had a soft run. So He's now co-favorite with Guitra. Guitra wasn't appearing anywhere yesterday, but by virtue of the fact that Nature Strip, who was the one-time favorite, was disappointing, he's gone out of the market, and guitra has been promoted to equal favor with Classic Legend, a savage shift with Libertini, $34 before the race yesterday, and now at six. <coughs> Nature Strip got out to the but he's still got admirers. He's back to seven this morning, and $11 or better. Nature Strip's not going well enough to win the Everest, in my opinion, and uh, would you agree with that? Yes, but Chris Weller has worked
2: and wonders with him before, but that was uh, that was not flashy. So when he's been beaten previous times it's when he's sort of been held up and possibly ridden against his preferred pattern. That was him rolling in front yesterday and um he didn't find an awful lot, did he?
1: I noticed one sectional there, they break them down on, on the screen, and I haven't I I haven't seen this for a long time. In fact, I may not have said it. One sectional there, I think it was from the 1,000 to the 800, was 9.97. That's when he was gathering that head of steam and driving up. He's just going too hard. And he's not finding enough at the end. So I, I take on board what you say, and I do agree with what you say. The wallet can perform miracles, but he'll need to, he'll need to find one in that miracle bag with, with nature strip. Uh, Libertini... If David
2: Fowler had a slot, uh, who would he have as his preferred choice two weeks out from the race? So I missed what you said there. If you owned a slot and you, it was oh. open slather, who would you want running in your slot right now?
1: Probably Classic Legend. What about yourself? Mm.
2: Mm. Uh, Bivouac. I like that they're going second up. He was electric second up in the new market. They've obviously followed that same pattern. He did enough in the Classic Legend race first up. I, I think he's a second and none chance,
1: especially if they happen to get some rain. We'll talk more about the Everest tomorrow morning on Press Room. Let's go to some more features at Royal Randwick yesterday on Epsom Day. We're going to listen to Colding now, winning the Group 2 Hill Stakes. He was at $3.60, but Fierce Impact was the $2.30 favourite.
3: Racing to the turn now. And just thinking uh, up's the ante here for Clark. Got to think it over under pressure now. De start still travels okay behind pushing into the clear or trying to. Colding whipped up the outside. Two for the back to Avilius. And a couple off to Fierce Impact. Colding makes an early move. And Colding takes the lead of the 250. Avilius giving chase and two after fierce impact. Who's got the job to get there? It's Colding going well. A hundred meters to run. Avilius holding down second. Fierce impact third, and Colding. Raw's clear with the Hill Stakes. Colding by two and a quarter lengths on the line to Avilius. And fierce impact third. Gap back to Deduzdart Dart fourth. Then think it over from lifeless, ordinary, just thinking and Dan Soteria.
1: He went from $51 to $21 for the Cox played in a fortnight's time colding. Winning. He's in, a, he's in a, a rare vein of form this campaign. He won the George Main and Now he's come up trumps in the, in the Hill Stakes. And... It was james mcdonald's fourth winner from four races he owned the first part of epsom day at royal ram mcnathan yeah he did but it didn't go according to plan after that but um yeah he's a
2: good one Colting, isn't he in that i thought the wheel certainly fell off in the autumn His first up run was indifferent this time but good to see him back to that epsom style epsom golden eagle style form from last year um, that's generally not the right form line for a Cox Plate, but uh, you may as well have a crack at it. And kept a big day for, for Neville Morgan, the mm-hmm. Queensland-based donor, David. He had the Breeders Plate winner earlier in the day who, who trialled at the Gold Coast. You wouldn't see that too often, a Breeders Plate winner coming through a Gold Coast trial. And also his former star, Kermit, at getting his first uh, Group 1 winner with, uh, with Monophilia
1: in the flight stakes. So uh, great day for Neville Morgan. It yeah, certainly was, and I think it was significant. We, we discussed this yesterday morning in our preview. The fact that Shaquero had gone to the, the Gold Coast satellite stable of Wallers, won that trial, obviously the, the vibe was too good for Brisbane. Let's go to Sydney, and they came up trumps there. And, of course, this boomer filly, Enthar, won the gym crack, which was expected. She was a dollar sixty, and she ran $5,706, Shaquero 5742 so... She stamped what everyone said about her, that she was very, very good. Of course, already they're talking about being the favourite for the Golden Slipper. She's $9 uh, for the Golden Slipper now, but she looked very authoritative and what we saw was expected.
2: Amazing how often that... The form from this day stands up in the order, and, and Gay Waterhouse obviously made that Ooh. statement about Piero after he won the breeders that he won the Golden Slipper. but it tends to be strong, stronger form than not in most years, and by golly, that was a performance and a half in though just sitting out
1: three wide and putting them to the sword. And a good point from j saying saying, well, in fact, maybe the most mature early season two-year-old he's been on. They were the highlights from Royal Ramwick yesterday, but there's still plenty coming up here on Pass the Post. Thanks for your company. We'll take a break and then we'll come back. We'll have a look at Flemington and then look at the highlights at Eagle Farm. Past the Post on Radio Tab. Thanks for joining Nathan Exelby and myself this morning here on Pass the Post. We're going to concentrate on Flemington now. And the Tab Turnbull Stakes was the feature at Group 1 level. Very elegant, was costly in the George main when she was beaten out of a place as favourite, but punter stuck with her to a fair degree. She went off at $5 favourite.
6: Ocean X at the 500 metres, the first to straighten from Harlem. They were followed by Finch presenting with Vow and Declare. Dallasan behind those. Toffee Tongue on the fence. Very elegant with her chance down the middle. Then Master of Wine. Kings will dream behind them. Still Ocean X at the 250. But a wall's coming. Finch very elegant. And Harlem and Toffee Tongue right up on the inside. It's Finch very elegant and Toffee Tongue. Then Master of Wine Superstorm. Finch very elegant. Toffee Tongue. Dallasan between them. It's a head Bob of a man. The mare's got up, I think, very elegant, maybe from Toppy Tongue, Dallasan or Finch, and then Warning an Eye Catcher from Harlem, will Dream Master of Wine and a Great Turnbull. Then Harlem bow and declare Django Freeman. Ocean X was in it for a fair way. And then came Superstorm, Surprise Baby, King of Grants. And Actow, she'll get up all right. Very elegant, her fifth group one.
1: Yeah, she bounced back all right. Ten wins from 23 starts now. Mark Zara riding her and, of course, as we outlined earlier, Chris Waller not only providing the winner but the trifecta with Toffee, Tongue and Big Odds in second railing up and Finch on the other hand having a wide run but boxing on courageously in third. There was a school of thought that she's uh, most effective on wet tracks, Nathan. Her record shows us that but yesterday that theory was, uh, was put to bed because uh, they upgraded the track from a good four to a good three midway through the day and she was still superior.
2: Yeah, and obviously she's had some big wins on the wet tracks. I think the second-up performance is more down to the fact she's just wanting more ground by that stage of her campaign. She was super sharp first up 1,400 metres where she was fresh. She just was a bit more dour in the George main and out to 2,000 metres you saw her, her true form there yesterday. So Her issue, David, uh, 55 kilograms in the cups, that's a, a fair whack for a mare. Mm. Um that's what makes her task difficult, and I think they're probably reluctant to go back to Mooney Valley where she failed last year. So that's for mine.
1: That's the issue with her going forward now. Yeah, t- two things to point out about her. And Chris Waller brought this up uh, previously. In fact, when she when she won the Wings first up, she's more mature now. She she races more maturely. And she likes room to move. And Zara gave her that opportunity yesterday. Got her out of those open spaces a fair way out. So despite covering ground, she was too good. Typical Turnbull, rather large-sized field. You can watch her runs here, there and everywhere. I thought two that came to mind for me. Warnings run was good. Uh, Sectionals were the best. And I wouldn't drop off Surprise Baby. The record will show ninth. But the replay is important to watch because uh, Surprise Baby just had no room to move, nowhere to go. And really, only a clear run came in about the 100 metres. And that last 100 metres, when you watched the video, was, was strong by surprise, baby. Ninth, but beaten two and a half lengths. Anything more from you on the race? I just I just wonder if we we're set up for another
2: carbon copy of last year where the internationals dominated, certainly the Caulfield Cup and, and Cox played. There's only a length between the first six there mm. across the line. If they get here in in good order, which they seem to more often than not, uh, I think they present pretty formidable opposition because I just think that our group here at the moment,
1: David, look very even. Fair comment to make. And when you see those bunch finishes, in fact, just looking at the the result this morning, uh, except for Actow, who pulled too hard, four and a half lengths covered the field. So that does make a point. The winner of the Bard Cummings, the previous race, earned autumn or earns automatic entry into the Melbourne Cup. Let's have a listen to the replay.
6: So a spot up for grabs in the cup around the turn. 500 metres to go. South Pacific just in front of Good Idea. De Beer gets a needle eye opening up on the inside. Sound Persan. Steel Prince. Shared ambition down the centre from Lord Belvedere. Sound moves up to Persan at the 300. Here's Steel Prince. The outside makes a line of three from Lord Belvedere. But it's Persan at the clock tower. Kicking from Sound. Steel Prince. Creed and shared ambition. Still Persan from Sound. Steel Prince. Persan. What a Prep it's having and it's going to run in the cup. persan one from a photo second, sound or steel prints, and then Chabelle. Next admire Robson Creed and shared ambition. A gap Lord Belvedere. Good idea. Supergirl, South Pacific hacky, a gap to be a gamekeeper. And last was young Rascal.
1: Yes, persan for Kieran Maher and David Eustace. Drew Barrier one never deviated from that position, just hugged the rail all of the way, and uh, it was a rails-hugging ride by John McNeil to win. He's been up for some time, Nathan, hasn't he? But he just keeps putting in. And that's a signature
2: of the stable. They can just keep these stayers to keep at their form for so long. And Look, it's a terrific story going from a defeat in a wanker at a maiden in the same prep back in April to running in the Melbourne Cup. But I, I think that's probably where it ends. I don't
1: expect that form will, will hold up come Melbourne Cup Day. No, I suppose they were a thrill to be in the race, at least knowing Absolutely. you're in the Absolutely. race.
2: Absolutely. Great story. Great story.
1: Some the highlights from the day, and just on an Everest point of view, we saw two Everest uh, hopefuls running the the Gilgai up the straight, uh, Tefani and also Santa Anna Lane. They basically finished, well, alongside each other. Tefani in fifth, Santa Anna Lane sixth. I describe both as pass mark runs. Would you be more generous or less generous?
2: Um, I think Tafani you make a good case to say, should have won that race. But even so, you need to be winning that race to be winning an Everest. Santa Alain, we know he's a, he's a grand final type of horse and he can produce that, that big effort. But he was, I would suggest, better in this race last year than what he was yesterday. So uh,
1: I think they've got a steep hill to climb. I was thinking of you when September runs swept a victory. Uh, mm. Remember, we tipped mm. her in a two-year-old race back in the was it was last year, and she, she won a right race
2: this at, year. This year's carnival. She, uh, I think she beat Got a Kiss. Got a Kiss was the favourite in that race, uh, Doombin eleven hundred and ten metre race, and she's really gone with it.
1: certain liking for the straight, doesn't she? I must be getting old, but um, you are. <laughs> well, we all are. Uh, <laughs> time was good one two point two four. But did you dynamic finish? Wasn't it?
2: Yeah, and she did that last time. It was a slower run race and she produced a super um, last 200-metre sectional there last time. But, um, yeah, it was the Bill Carter she won, David. Uh, Got a Kiss was third. Plutocrat was second.
1: Fair enough. And uh, she goes to the uh, the Coolmore now. She's tightened right up there at $7. So that was Flemington, of course. Next Saturday, from a Melbourne point of view, it's Caulfield Guineas Day, um, along with the... Uh, Other feature races there, and of course, Spring Champion Stakes Day at Royal Randwick. But here in Brisbane, we're, we're running off the back of these big races, understandably so, because yesterday at Eagle Farm, we had a great crowd. More people allowed to come back to the track now as these COVID restrictions are being eased. The weather was perfect, the track played well, and the feature race was the Lexus Spring Cup. Let's have a listen to the replay. Phantom Falcon shot up on the rail, joined Meshaw Gustave, Snitch came at the pair, Desert Lord being called upon, the Herovians coming through near the inside, and wider was raided, Desert Lord really has to work for the money, he's after Meshaw the Horovian, and Phantom Falcon on the inside, Desert Lord is no good thing, the Herovians in a battle with Phantom Falcon, here's the post, the Horovian! I'd say has got up and beaten Phantom Falcon, it's a photo, third over Meshaw Desert Lord, he couldn't come on, then came Snitch, Impasse, Raiden, Drumbeats, Choice, aquavite and Loder Creek Gold whipped the field in. Yes, the margin was a little tighter than I thought. It was only a short half head, but it was enough for the Herovians number to go into the frame first with Brad Stewart riding, just beating Phantom Falcon, who's just kept... Uh, uh, they've kept the, the, or raising the bar with him, and he's kept responding to it. A great run in second. Desert Lord, he wasn't the same uh, dynamic Desert Lord we saw five weeks ago. He was only a short distance away in third, and Michel Gustave was in fourth position. Steve Massingham's done a wonderful job with the Herovian, and I, I mentioned yesterday on course to the on course patrons. I reckon this would be one of his most satisfying moments in his training career. Let's see if he agrees with me. He's, he's joining us online now. Steve, good morning. Congratulations. Uh, good morning, David. And am I right? Was that one of your best moments in training? Uh, yeah, yeah, to get a city winner, yeah, definitely. Tell us about this horse. I, we've discussed this horse before, and it's, his story is well documented, but let's go back in time. Um, tell us about how you came to get him.
0: Uh, yeah, we're good friends. This with was uh, Rod Douglas that worked for Jonathan Munns, and um, we, um, he said this fellow was for sale, so we bought him, and... Uh, then he, on his way up from Victoria he got travel sickness at um in Brisbane and now he died and only through Tom and his persistence and love of the animal, um he uh, got ten litres of plasma the, the day they thought thought he was gonna die and um you saved his life and he was at the vet I think in Brisbane for about seven weeks and then he went to that Park for a, a I think, a month or six weeks for a break and then come home. And, yeah, from there it was sort of – once he got there and then we put him into work and he was just sort of going along nice. And he won first up and we thought, oh, geez, this horse might be something, you know, have a fair bit of ability.
1: Steve, he's a little bit different. I was mentioning this on radio yesterday. We see we we don't, well, we don't see a lot of horses come from North Queensland, but we see horses go from interstate or even Southeast Queensland up to the north – Often they're at the end of the row, But in this case, this was a bit different with the Horovian. He wasn't overly raced when you got him, was he?
0: No, um, I think once he had 27 starts now and um, he's had 13 for us. So he only had 14 runs for Jim. Mm. Uh, the guy that bred him, um, Nick Turnbull, um, he's very patient with his horses and um, doesn't like to race him as two-year-olds. And he
1: loves to give him plenty of time, which I think paying dividends now. Now, since you've had him under your care, is he unbeaten for you?
0: No, he's had um, 13 runs for me for 11 wins and two seconds.
1: It's a wonderful record. And uh, I I know, you know, many people say, oh, it's North Queensland, but you've still got a win. And often he's carried big weights and he's staged big finishes. You, you, You must be satisfied not only that the horse won, but this is the race you picked out for him and it all came to fruition. It was only... Only a narrow margin, but were you pretty sure he'd won when they hit the line? Yeah, I was standing um, right near the post there,
0: and I, yeah, and I knew he'd won. And um, yeah, like you say, you know, it's, uh, people just say, "Oh, Tony North Queensland," but he's a horse that's raced in North Queensland. In the last eighteen months, and won half a million dollars. So, you know, to put that into perspective, you know, it's um, not too many horses can win half a million dollars, let alone in North Queensland.
1: He won that big bonus, of course, when he won the Amateurs Cup last year. Uh yesterday in the run, uh, he was virtually stalked Desert Lord all the way through and then uh, then Brad Stewart probed for an inside run, he got bad gap and he was very strong to the line. Now, what's the story now? Are you going home?
0: Uh yeah, I'm just um yeah, just packing up my gear today and we'll head home. Um, I'll leave him with Toby for for the time being and um well I haven't will speak to Toby the star before I leave and um, may leave him in my name and race him on for another couple of runs and Toby will look after him hopefully and uh yeah. But he'll definitely stay on the he's staying on the case for
1: now. What sort of race or what's what sort of program have you got in mind for him under under Toby's care?
0: Uh I, I only had a quick look this morning. Um didn't really plan anything past yesterday. Um
1: just had to make sure he
0: was going to be up to the grade, which he obviously is. So um, there's a, another quality in another four weeks over uh, over the mile, and uh, which I think that you know that'll set him to the end of the ground. There's a open sixteen hundred over the mile in two weeks' time, but the weight might get him there. So if we can get him to another
1: quality, be good. That's the other question I'll ask you before we let you go, because I know you, you you're on your way home today. We've seen him win up to the, the middle distance, uh, but we saw him very effective at fourteen hundred yesterday. In your mind, and you know him better than anyone else, what do you think is his most effective journey? Uh
0: anywhere between uh, 1,600 to
1: 2,000,
0: I would say. Mm. Nice position he to be gets in. Being prep, he sort of you know gets a little bit more—not so much dour, but he's always you know like yesterday. I thought the fourteen hundred may have been a touch short, but you know, he had a little blow yesterday, so which is good he'll
1: he'll definitely improve off the run yesterday. Where was uh, where was Tom watching the race from yesterday?
0: Uh yeah, he was supposed to come down and never made it, so he was at <laughs> the Gordon Vale races, um which he was a major sponsor of the cup there at Gordon Vale yesterday, so I'm
1: pretty sure it would have been a uh, pretty exciting day at Gordon Vale for him. Yeah, it would have been for sure, and there would have been a big roar when I'm on the Haravian one. Look, he's been He's been a great ambassador for North Queensland Racing. I think he's really promoted North Queensland Racing well. He's been very good for Tom and his owners, uh, and he's been very good for you, and the story is way from over yet. So congratulations on yesterday, and hope there's many more, many more wins for this very popular horse. Yeah, thank you, David. Steve Massingham joining us this morning here on Past the Post. Nathan, uh, he got right out of the market. In fact, uh, the last uh, time I looked at the screen when they were moving in, he was out to $6, but there was a, a late rally, a real late rally. He came into $4.80, but it was a good, tough win. Oh, it certainly was. He's just a marvel, that horse, and I'd still say his best win
2: was the the day, the 2,100 meters um where a grom in the Amateurs Cup there, so doing what he does at these shorter courses is just uh, quite incredible. Uh, Desert Lord's an interesting one, David. I guess, you know, more and more these days you have form analysts sort of disregard weights, but I think yesterday's a good example of why they remain very relevant. He, he carried 56 in a Class 6, which he was pitchforked in under the set weights, and then goes to the open with the 58, and I think that sort of told in the end, he just didn't ping the same way he did the, the time prior.
1: One other replay we're going to have a listen to is race Six. This was the captain's son handicap, and the favourite in the end was Usmanov at $3 over Pozzoni at 3 but there was a surprise to happen here. Let's have a listen. In the straight, Emerald Kingdom reached the lead. Usmanov the first challenger. Pozzoni trying to chow in, and Spurcraft is going with him as well. Spurcraft is running a cheeky race, a real cheeky race after Usmanov. Pozzoni can't reach them. Spurcraft and Usmanov in a duel, 50 to go. Spurcraft the outside, poked his head in front, and won. He's back. Spurcraft beat Usmanov, Emerald Kingdom. No run on Pozzoni late. Then came Invincible Owl. And Gaps Capital Connection, Wudang Blade and Mashani El Lobo. If you'd given me six picks in the race, there's two that couldn't win. If you give me six picks in the race, uh, he wouldn't have been in there. And when he settled last, I thought, oh, well, you know, wasn't really even thinking. That was a probably one of a, a career best performances, considering where he came from and considering he went dangerously close to the track record.
2: David, what price 12 months ago someone telling you Spurcraft had settled last in a thousand metre flying? Run and run on and, wind. And, <laughs> and, Yeah, like it's just a remarkable transformation of this horse. He's gone from one of the quickest horses in the state to horse that wants to find his feet now and, and actually being effective at it. That, um, I bet
1: Kelly Shreda got a big uh, big thrill out of that yesterday mm. because uh, that's a tidy effort to get that horse back to form from from what he's been through. He'd been a winner, 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 and all of a sudden, uh, his form wasn't poor, but it was like he was... Maybe I'm a bit unkind to say this. It was almost like he was making up the numbers to a degree, finishing just behind the place getters. so... You're right, and I heard Kelly interviewed post race. Uh, and as he said, it was a fair point he made. He said sometimes you're on the kicking to nothing when you take over these sort of horses when they're coming maybe to the end of their careers. But so to win yesterday was uh, gave him a, a special kick, and Jimmy Orman a riding double. Uh, the other feature of the day was uh, the first two year old, the first Metropolitan two year old, Princess Bojack. She did everything right, and uh, we were discussing the race on radio yesterday. There looked to be Two chances from the trials, they out of the race, but it comes back to manners and and barriers. We knew Princess Bojack had speed. Stella Magic had got back in her trial. That's what happened yesterday. Her run was good, but Princess Bojack, uh, good manners and uh, and ability, won the day.
2: Yeah, professionalism counts for so much, doesn't it, David? In these early two-year-old races, and that was certainly the difference there. She's um, put herself right where she needed to be. Princess Bojack went
1: straight as an arrow and was too good. Mentioned Jimmy Orman with the riding double. Chris Wall of the Gold Coast Satellite Stable produced a training treble. He runs away. Well, he ran away from them yesterday. 1,421 days between wins. But uh, he came up Trump's prospectus, a model of consistency. And here's another one I didn't like at all. Lord Godotten. It poked its head on the last race, which completed a rotten day for me on the punt.
2: Uh, a couple of, for the real true believers of the Wallace Stable well, there, and in uh, Lord Gododden and he runs away. That's for sure. They don't win out of turn, but they, they found their right race there yesterday.
1: Nathan, appreciate your time this morning and we'll talk on Press Room tomorrow. All right. See you, David. Nathan X will be joining us this morning here on Pass the Post. And That is Pass the Post for Sunday, the 4th of October. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for your company and I look forward to your company tomorrow morning here on Press Room, 8.30 Queensland time. We'll discuss a lot more of what happened on the weekend, a lot of what's coming up, and the the behind-the-scenes news from right around Australia. Thanks for your time.